Thank you for joining the Late But On Time podcast. This is a podcast discussing everything from parenting to politics and a few things in between. Brought to you by the SGT Collective. With your host, Corey Sargent and Donna Sargent. We have a very special guest, Malik. Malik, please introduce yourself. How you doing? Uh, my name is Malik. I am an educator. Um, I've been in education for about 12 years now. I am a husband, a father, and um, I'm just thankful to be here on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, joining. So how did you start your career in education? Uh, that's pretty funny. I um, I started my career in education actually when I was in high school. Um, I used to volunteer at a a daycare over there by um, Ebbets Field. There used to be a daycare over there. And then I started doing some tutoring over by St. Ignatius. Uh, St. Ignatius used to be a school over there next to Mega Everett's uh, College um, before they tore it down. And that's a whole other story. Um, I always knew I wanted to work with kids in some capacity. And um, I enjoyed their energy, their honesty, which um, led to me pursuing uh, a degree when I was in the uh, University of Buffalo. Um, I really wanted to focus on how adults, so my biggest thing was adults are usually the way they are because of things that happened when they were children. So I figured, well, if I work with children, right, I figured if I work with children, um, I could help prevent what I knew, you know, with some very traumatic situations or just um, trying to be like proactive. Um, I actually was going to be a child psychologist and um, ended up majoring early child development. And then right out of University of Buffalo, I started becoming a preschool teacher. So that's how I started, um, actually. And some people like laugh at me now because they're like, you used to work with little kids? I'm like, yeah, that's how I started. I was teaching kids how to potty, read, you know, all that fun stuff at one time. So you had your hands full. Yes, literally full in um, a lot of different ways. Uh, and I used to enjoy, you know, the energy. I think that's one of the things um, about just education in general. Um, there's a passion, there's a, there's a level of energy that children bring. Um, and every day is different. It's definitely a field that um, you have to love what you do. Um, and I think it's it's it, it can be very rewarding. It can also be... Um, taxing so you have to be able to be in it for the right reason i will say that i definitely agree that you have to be in education for the right reasons and um i do commend you on starting in preschool because um (laughs) we do need to shape and mold our children because once they hit like high school it's it's kind of kind of hard man yes I'm, I'm, i'm a I'm a prime example of that. As I was saying, mm-hmm. it is very commendable that you wanted to jump into being an educator because there, there are mm-hmm. not a lot of African-American or, or, or people of color in education. And we often have people who don't know our experience teaching us. Mm-hmm. And um, very true. not to discount any any other race or anything like that or any teacher that I've come across because some of the dopest teachers I know weren't African-American. Mm-hmm. 
but that's because there weren't a lot of African-American teachers. Um, now one, one of our core questions is what is your definition of ambition? Uh, that's, that's a really strong question. Um, I think, uh, for me, ambition is, um, it's kind of when you know what your task or what your purpose is and you just have an overwhelming pursuit to go after it. Um, I think the scary thing is we typically don't pursue our passions or what we are, um, maybe have been tasked to do. Um, I say tasked because, um, I do believe in, um, our Lord and savior. I do believe that he talks to us. He gives us a very clear, um, what he wants for us. And sometimes we don't always follow it because we think, Oh, I'm scared or, uh, we don't trust the process. Um, and I think the ambition part is because, you know, you have a desire to do something, you feel it. It's something that's been calling and it's just that never ending pursuit because you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing. Um, no matter what comes in front of you, um, no matter how hard it may be, um, it's just that drive that um, you have because you know that like it's a deeper calling or some sort. So I look at ambition as, you know, you 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 have an inner drive, you have an inner belief that you're supposed to be doing something. And it's just that ever ending pursuit to get to it. Um, however, you set that up, if you set up goals to get to it because you say, well, you know, I want to get I want to be able to do this in the next three years, five years, because, you, again, you know, this is what you've been tasked to do. Um, and I just think it's just like that motor that's that that you put things into place because you believe that this is where I would do the most good. This is where I have been tasked uh, to to be. No, nah, that, that's that's phenomenal, Malik. Um but one of the uh, to piggyback off of uh, being African American uh, person of color in um, education, um, mm-hmm. what is it like to be a person that is molding futures? Oh man, it's uh, it's it's a little scary. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um, especially being a man um, in the field of education, is not um, it's not a lot of men. Um, a lot of men of color. Um, so like, uh, typically what you also may find is when you do have some men of color, they're usually tasked with um, usually behavior um, positions, things that are requiring us to be in control of our young people's bodies, um, which uh, it's 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 a it's a very delicate um, balance. Um, and I, I think especially when you think about how impressionable young children are. And one of the things I always do is as a father, when I walk into a building, I'm always like, well, would this be OK if this was my child? And that's how I, I govern myself on a regular basis, um, because if it's not acceptable for my child, then I shouldn't be um, doing it with somebody else. Um, I will also tell you that I use this analogy a lot with with the students I work with. I've worked with high school students. I work with middle school and even now I work with middle school. And I say we are. Uh, constantly making deposits into this bank Mm. and uh, we may never in our lifetime see um, the actual return on our deposit you're talking that talk so (laughs) it's it's so i i've so i mean i've i've told i sit down my kids my kids will always tell you mr you know he keeps it very real uh, he's very to the point. I'm very honest. I don't believe in lying to children because um, they don't lie to you. Uh, and that's another thing I love about working with children. They are so honest. Um, you may not want to hear it, but unfortunately, that's on you. I, I truly just I love the fact that they will just tell you. But um, I've told them because in my experience, so I, you know, I, I had a young man. I met him when he was a freshman in high school. I worked with him um, 
through a time when he felt like there's no point in school, um, you know, just all these different things. And here we are now. He's in his 20s. He hits me up on Instagram like, thank you. You know, he has a family. He has um, he has a job and he's just thanking me because of me trying to keep him on track and trying to keep him motivated. And um, this is what I'm saying when I say like, you know, it's it's one of those jobs where you're not going to always have those stories. You know, here we are. I mean, I'm blessed to be able to say, oh, I met him over whew, 12 years ago, but you don't always get that that opportunity. Right. So, again, you you make these these deposits and um, you're not going to always see that return. You don't you're not always able to reach out and find out how that young woman or young man is doing so um it's 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 incredibly um powerful work it is hard i will not lie to anybody it is hard it is not for um it's not for anyone who is looking for again a quick like yep i got you know this bright spot like it you know they come and go a hundred percent you have your bright spots even just seeing a child smile or when they find out um, a word they were struggling with, they read, like, there's just a lot of magical moments, but there are some, you know, down moments, there's some moments when they're dealing with things that, um, uh, you know, you, you cannot, you're not able to fully help them with, and, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to find that balance, so, yeah, um, it's a special position to mold these young, uh, people that will eventually be in charge of, you know, the way we live when we get older. (laughs) That's very true, that's very true, but what, um, what, can I can yes. I tap in? I want to tap in. <laughs> so, um, okay. in terms of um, like teachers, right? We realize that. I mean, I can call on my first grade teacher, my second grade teacher. I can call them by name because mm. in that time of life, like you're a total sponge. So you're picking up Mommy. all the things. Um, whether it be like, you know, Miss King used to hold herself a certain way. That's my first grade teacher. <laughs> she and she, mm. and first of all, I never knew her first name. I think it's different now in terms of school. I have oh. no idea to this day <laughs> who Miss King's first name is or Mr. Griffith. Like I, I only know their last names, but I digress. But I just feel as though mm-hmm. more than just what you say to them, like plays a mm-hmm. part on who they are because they, whether we like it or not, and, you know, the job of teaching doesn't happen, doesn't stop when um, they get dropped off at um, right. at home. Like you need to you're teaching your children as as their parents. But your teachers at school are with your children more than you are. You know what I mean? So it's just yes. it's a it's 100%. a very big job for any any teacher to have our children and like partake and like build and do more for them. So as mm-hmm. like as a, and when you said um, a as an African-American teacher, typically you're in um, a role of maybe behavioral or discipline or something of that sort. When I thought about it, I thought um, in the recreation or in the in the gym, like that's where I've seen a lot of African-American men as teachers at school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there are so many more because so many of my professors because I went to HBCU. We're African American men. Mm-hmm. Hampton, the real HU. See, yes. I never do that. Just whoever the listens mm-hmm. are, I never ever, I never throw the shade. I want that smoke. It's only my husband that does that anyway. Oh but I just feel like it's it is a very big role, like like you said. Um, and I feel yeah. like I wanted to know: Do you find it? Um, like, have you worked with students who are predominantly um, African American or predominantly? 
um, like Caucasian, have you seen any difference in how you need to interact with them or connecting with them in any difference? Like, have you seen a difference in any way? Hmm. So the the funny thing as well is I've I've predominantly worked in schools where uh, they're predominantly um, brown or black children, um, and I'm typically usually working in lower income neighborhoods. Um, it's I thought about that. Um, I think the only time I've been in a school setting where it has not been the case, it was when I was a preschool teacher because I was in Buffalo, right? Oh, so you I was, were in Buffalo. I actually, yeah, so I, I actually, when I graduated from University of Buffalo, uh, shout out University of Buffalo, um, it literally was like I, I was working in Buffalo. So at the time, that was the most, I think, that I've been, where I, I was working right on with, you know, um, young children who were not predominantly black. And... What I will say is, um, <laughs> what I will say is, I was asked this question when I was working at a charter school in Brooklyn. They said, "Well, when was the first time you um, had a, a, a teacher of color?" And I was like, "Well, I actually had a lot of teachers growing up of color. Um, I went to IS two. Oh, word! I, I, I forgot. I forgot we went to IS two together." <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, we, 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 yo, I went to Philip Scala, but I was blessed in that way that a lot of people weren't, even my, my high school. And other teachers were like, oh, I didn't have my first experience with a black teacher until I got to wow. college. And I was like, really? Um, because we were talking about that dynamic, too, in terms of, like, sometimes um, being able to relate to children or they, they, uh, they respond differently. So um, a lot of our children, like, when they see um, another adult in front of them that looks like them, they do respond like very positively, um, whether it's a man or a black woman. And they're more like, you know, kind of like looking like, oh, wow. Like they're, they respond um, like instantly and they're more willing to listen and, and things of that nature from my experience. Um, so like, again, I, I really, it's funny as you ask that question. I've, I have really never worked in, um, any other environment that's not predominantly, um, our children of. No, nah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um, yeah. cause, and the re- like when we were talking about, um, so that's our, 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 our third co-host, Ava Sargent. Um, but when, um, we were recently talking about, um, me commending you for just molding and shaping the future. Um, and I said, mm-hmm. usually when kids get to high school, they're, they're already jaded by teachers um, that for mm-hmm. the most part don't want to, or don't understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just thinking mm-hmm. about um, mega Everts, right? So for all the listeners, yeah. me and Malik went to high school together. Malik and Donna went to school together. It's just weird. A weird connection because it was just like that with um, Dana. Dana went to college with Donna. Mm. I went to high school with her. But um, <clears throat> yep. some of the teachers we had there were – the school was actually predominantly a white in terms of teachers and a mix of Caribbean. Mm-hmm. But um, right, Caribbean. I think that kind yeah. of atmosphere is the atmosphere that, that shaped us to be who we are now because I, I still think about Miss mm-hmm. uh, Hartnett um, – Ms. Hendricks, uh, uh, Ms. Rosenberg, Ms. Levy, Mr. Fulton, mm. all those teachers that... You remember all the names. They're going to be saying your names. last name because they remember you. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. So, like... Yeah, Mr. Vo. Like, it's, it's just, it's just yeah. great to see where you are in life and you're just helping out, like, the youth, man. 
because uh, one of the main purposes mm-hmm. of this podcast is to get young individuals from um, 15 to 16, 15, to 18, really. Right. To mm-hmm. understand that they can have a, a foot in the door. Because uh, when I was younger, I know I wanted a mentor. So being that I said that, mm-hmm. who or who is um, or was your mentor while you started your career path? Man, um, I've been blessed. I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie. Um, I tell people, you know, I I I don't have that story where everybody's like, man, you know, my mom's we didn't, we, you know, we had we had it crazy growing up, and I didn't know what my next meal. I, that I'll be honest, that wasn't that was not my story. I always say my story is I was raised by a village. I was I was a child that had a lot of people who saw something in me when I couldn't see it in myself, and made sure that I was gonna get to another level. That's awesome. Like I always tell, and that's and like that for me, because everybody's like, oh, you know, because because I also I believe in mentorship. I'm I've been working on my nonprofit, and literally the, my my whole rationale is I was like, there was so many people who guided me when I was being a knucklehead, or literally was like, you can do this, or I see more in you, and I'm gonna put you in this 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 yeah, capacity. Man. And I think that's so crucial. I think that uh, people do not people underestimate like the person in church, the choir yeah, director, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, you know, you know, Mr. Childs. Uh, Donna. Absolutely. Right. These are people who I'm sure maybe or may not understand Miss Harris, um, Johnny's Maurice's mom. Like there's people who literally would just kind of take me under because I'm, you know, Shirley's son or they see me around the block. And I always say, I'm like, yeah, like I wasn't the t- like my mother always said, like, I'm not you're not going to be out here yeah, on the man, corner. Like, yeah. you know, my mother was very clear. Like she had a very clear path for me. For what she saw, my mother, you know, was doing her best. Um, and and I had my grandfather. But I always tell people, I'm like, I'm not the, the typical Brooklyn story where everybody's like, oh man, you must have had nah. Like I'm gonna be real. Like my mother, you know, my mother was a very strong presence. But and then when she wasn't, there was so many more people who I think just genuinely, um, you know, community is a powerful thing who just like you know saw something. But specifically, um, in in terms of my professional career, I have at least four people, um that in different ways kind of shaped me um so there was this one um she was uh she was a dean um and i was learning the, the ropes i was like her assistant and her name is miss pew and she was like diddy <laughs> she was like diddy because um stop, she stop. had like this this can't stop won't stop and she could sell she could sell you anything in the, in that sense right she could like jay said you know I could uh, what sell a uh, yeah um, water so well. <laughs> I'm a hustler, baby. Yeah, when the white gloves, right, right. <laughs> she had this ability to, to 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 talk to people, and I'm like, yo. And she had flavor where yes, she was a dean or she was an administrator, she was a principal as well, and she rocking Jordans. You know, she 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 had door knocking earrings. <laughs> like she was from the start. Like she she was legit. Like this is who I am. I'm a um, Brooklyn girl. I got, she had like three or four degrees, you know, like educated. I think she, you know, also went to um, Hampton. I'm not going, I don't want to put it out. Right. And, she, and, and I said to myself, like, because, you know, a lot of times we feel like we have to fit a certain mold, right? Because you, you get into like the higher you get sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. If it, and she was like unapologetic, like, this is who I am. And she, uh, she's always number one. I always, you know, like even to this day, 
she'll be like, hey, what's going on? Or I hit her up and she'll like connect me with somebody who can help me for something. Um, another person I had, her name was uh, Miss Washington. Um, she she was somebody who um, she was so she was very strong uh, spiritually, but she was also a leader in a school that I was working in charter school. And my thing with her was she was so like driven, like she didn't care what the issue was she would just like in terms of like she would just always be on it and she carried herself a certain way where you would never like see her not being on point so like she literally you you i never found a weak spot um but i'm sure obviously but she carried herself in such a way where like you didn't think she had any flaws and she was always about like what what, what do we gotta get done and she was always pushing 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 for excellence um third person um her name was mrs gaston um and she was another leader that i i, I kind of like took some and one thing i can always say is i always like look at people and i try to take at least a bit and then figure out well how does it work for me um and mrs gaston was really powerful because she so she was one of the principals i worked under who truly believed in like like loving our children like throughout every possible thing they could do. And I've seen some situations where, you know, most people are like, oh my God, that's it, you're getting expelled. And she just loved them harder. And she created an atmosphere where I was working at amongst teachers and, and other administrators where genuinely people cared for each other, looked out for each other. And she created like this entire um, environment. People probably don't really understand like just how important it is when you build an adult culture and how it trickles down to students where kids enjoy coming to school. school. Adults love the working environment, working with each other, helping each other, building on each other. And I watched like a systematic approach, but also just kind of like she had the ability for people to follow her in that way um and then there was one more person her name was miss you really, um, you really had a village man yeah yeah i'm loving it i'm loving it i'm yeah, telling yeah, you and the reason why and i'm telling you because at different stages they, they they either had a conversation with me or would just pull me to the side like man you 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 know i could see this or um you're really good at this and i'm gonna do and they would literally would just like just tell me or you need to grow in this and that's one thing also like people really need to understand like um like for me my mindset is i'm always just trying to be better it doesn't I don't need to be perfect, but I just need to be better. Whether it's my family, my marriage, uh, work, whatever. So I'm open to people telling me straight up, like, yo, this is what it is. All right, cool. Because if you have my best interest, then that's what you should be doing. Um, so this last person, uh, her name is Miss Wing. She was um, Korean. She was she was dope in her own way, too, because so she had a way, just when I was working in high school, she had a way of, like, she she loved the kids flat out and she did anything possible to get them experiences so she had i mentor in school she was offering free sat prep classes she was taking them to ivy league um schools to give them experiences broadway plays um and she was finding money from the gates foundation like this this woman was all about how do i get these young people who don't have these experiences by the time they graduate high school to be able to say like i got this wonderful like crazy experience She's also the person who actually sat down with me and told me um, when I went to pursue my master's, she was like, just really blatantly was like, so what do you want to do? <laughs> like, what do you, what's your next step? And then forced me to think about it and was like, well, I think you should, you know, do that. And, and again, so I really, like, like I said, I tell people all the time, man, I've been super blessed um, along my path where people have just been like, man, I could see this in you. Or they, even if they just, you know, take the time to give me advice or, hey, start preparing for this. I, and I'm always willing to be like, yep. Because I also believe like, if people have good intentions for you, you should always, That's you know, so uh, listen. I feel like, so. oh, go ahead. I have, <laughs> no, yep. I have, no, go ahead. Have two things. So 
one, I feel like there are a lot of people out there that are blessing other young children. And these are the stories that don't get heard. Like all too often, whether it be Mm. the media or whatever, you hear the other story. You hear the story of like, I barely made it. Like, you know what I mean? And and there's and there's there's power in those (laughs) stories. But they're they're like I grew up with both parents in the house. I I, like that's that just wasn't my testimony, Mm. you know, and I feel like. I think that there are like two things that you brought up that I was like, oh, I can't wait to circle back. So (laughs) the first one was your first um, your first mentor where you talked about how she brought her authentic self. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I work I work in in project management and I feel like a lot of kids don't even know what project management is. Um, But like. I can wear like my suit mm-hmm. or I can wear my just like you mentioned, my door knockers on a Saturday. And I just feel like people mm-hmm. need to be like children, especially need to be able to see different types of you and, and know that somebody looks just like me, who mm-hmm. loves her Jordans, who loves to like hang out and go to the movies and do all these other things can be successful. And you know what I mean? Yes. And, and can achieve certain things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like not enough Yes. People see that authentic person like you're still yourself, um, but you're also a successful business yes. person. And I feel like it's, it's just not as transparent for children. Um, mm-hmm. And then also no. in terms of I think you said Miss Wing, the last. Uh, yes. Where yes. Uh, she, mm-hmm. you mentioned that she found the opportunities for you guys to go and do different things and be exposed to different things. I feel as though those type yeah. of opportunities don't happen enough because it was Mm. i I forgot who specifically but i had a friend who took children um they took children off over to ivy league schools and they wanted to make sure that Mm -hmm. when the ivy league schools talked about the schools they said we can't wait for the opportunity to win you as a candidate or win you as a uh, prospect student um prospective student and it's like i want children to know that it's not like i hope they accept me it's more like you have something Mm -hmm. in you that would be amazing for that school and anybody would be happy to get children to think that oh you know i can't i hope they take me and i hope that blah, blah blah i want people or children our like future to know that you are a commodity you're you're that great thing that they want to have yes. at their school they want to be able to say did you know that this child came to our school and now they are the great next whoever you know and i i think that that's just not exactly. said enough and children don't see that enough whether they they have that value and i feel like teachers like you <laughs> and and Miss Wing <laughs> and a lot of the other uh, teachers that you mentioned are making the difference, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to call all those things out. Just, you're you're awesome. No, it's true, and that, um, especially when you're working with, and they always tell you like students like, okay, well, you know, they try to give them experiences because they don't want them to feel like they don't belong, especially our children, um, because we also would find like a lot of the kids like they never left the borough. They never left Brooklyn. They never left their block. So you sometimes even take them to the city, and they're like, oh, shoot, da-da-da-da. And it's like, yo, you can walk down the street just like everybody else. You belong, you know, because there is a, a level of fear. And when you know, when you have that fear, you have self-doubt. And a lot of our students wouldn't even get, they wouldn't even take the chance. They wouldn't fill out certain applications. They wouldn't even try because they didn't think they belong, right? So, like, you have to give those children Most those experiences definitely. as early as possible 
to open up their like, even their the 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 thought like wait I could go away to school you can go away to high school you can go to a boarding school what is a boarding school or yeah because we we typically if we have to find ways to open up those opportunities early for our children because exposure is such like it's, key. Uh, it's a huge commodity it's something that right like like when my children like my wife we was you know when we had the twins it was like she was we were like we gotta get um make sure everybody has their, like a passport my, my oldest had a passport before then but it was like because we want to give them experiences you know what i mean like right so that you never feel like you don't belong in a room or anything like nah you know i yeah i've actually been to to mexico yep i've actually done this sort of and it, you know because people will look at you like real like you know like those are very important and you know if we can do it and again the, the um principal like i said miss wing she made it a, a mission like she found grants she found money she worked it where this is going to be part of your experience. So at least I know within four years, if you didn't get it from anywhere else, this is where you can nah, get that's, it. That's um, dope, Malik. Yeah. And like, um, I really do appreciate this conversation and I hope everybody gets the heaviness of this in terms of just mentorship, mm-hmm. um, uh, black educators, black educating black children, um, just and then uh, all your mentors, it seemed like, were women. So shout out to all the dope women out there yes. who are molding and shaping. Yes. Yes. Because uh, we got a name from our woman. We got a game from a woman. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you mentioned yes. that you yes. um, have a nonprofit. Speak about that a little bit. So uh, literally, I, I just, and this again, this is the this is the ambition. This is the the the, the scared, the trust, and stepping out on faith. Um, I went back to school, got my master's. Uh, decided to yes. do like public administration, same trying to Woo! really I got the same degree. <laughs> do <laughs> I? <laughs> yo, um, really pursue my own endeavors, things that I, because the, the thing that, the, so in each of the locations, each school that I worked at, whether it was high school, middle school, I always did something where I was working with the young men, specifically like just doing some type of mentorship, guiding them, talking, doing things. So it was something, and this is what I was saying, like, like passion, things that I was very passionate about. Um, what I, what I decided was to stop being scared. Um, I actually, I'm just finalizing the, the, the money process, putting my stuff in to have my official nonprofit name. Um, one of my, one of my coworkers, now a friend, uh, I can call him a brother who I worked with for about four years in Brooklyn. He even did my logo for me for free because he believed in me. Um, and I actually, yeah, submitted paperwork. I am currently the role I'm working with here in Baltimore I have my own uh, group that I'm mentoring specifically it's a seventh grade group of boys uh, we meet weekly I have my lessons I you know I design specifically for them um, addressing the needs of um, you know just young boys things that are going through um, emotional um, really focusing on how to express yourselves without always being physical a lot of a lot of my experiences what I've noticed is a lot of our boys have been taught um, the only way to show any type of emotion is through anger and usually with your fist. So I always, uh, not always, but in the last uh, couple of years, I'll say, so if you're happy, mad, sad, or scared, and you do the same exact thing, how, am I, how do I know what you're going through? Yeah, man. Um, and that's one thing that I've really been focusing on is um, shaping our young men to feel like they can be emotional. Um, they can be vulnerable and they can express themselves uh, with their words. And that has been a big task, especially dealing with middle school um, boys who are dealing with society um, and what society deems is appropriate for a, a, a boy and what he should be doing, especially um, our, bo- our black boys who um, are usually looked at as older um, 
they don't get the innocence and typically are like um, looked at as like commodity yo, and not yo. an actual person. Um, yo, man. So I have, <laughs> I've literally, uh, and this is again my own experience. If people you know disagree, is cool. But again, I've mm-hmm. I've been in this work for a while. I've had so many conversations with so many different educators, and the same things pop up. I've even read some books just in terms of like toxic masculinity, and everybody talks about well, where does it come from? And again, like as a as a society, and sometimes things that we we push, you know, boys will be boys, or um, you know, hold it in, don't cry. That it's is not, actually not, not helping. Right. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, if people think this is, well, this is the way you do it. Um, and again, there's more and more case studies just, just proving that. In fact, I always go back to, again, my days, even as a preschool teacher, I'm like, boys and girls learn Correct. behaviors from adults. They learn social behaviors from those who they watch and emulate. And we're the ones who tell them to wear blue. We're the ones that tell them you don't do this. And we're the ones who shape and develop. And again, it goes back to Man, all I that love, practices. I love wearing so, purple. Um, I, I, I look, I look great in pink. Yeah. Oh, I love purple. You know what I mean? So, me, what? Man, Give me a lavender tie any day, okay? Don't see me. Don't see me. And I, and I know your closet. I know. I see some of your yeah, um, outfits, yeah, Mr. Sergeant. I've seen your your patterns. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, cause I I yeah. love my oranges. Everything. Like, you can't uh, tell me nothing. Um, and that, but that's my thing. Hey, my, you know, a lot of boys they ain't trying to put. I'm like, yo, purple is royal. It is, you know, it actually is, you know, royal. Um, but it, again, limitations, and I'm, I'm all about breaking that. Um, oh, you know, I was word? a dance teacher at one time you too, so I'm like, no, see a bla- yeah, you see a black man no. dancing. No. I used to have boys. Yeah, I used to have boys, you know, who they didn't understand that like that's a way of expression because the only way again we always teach them fight boxing. Okay, that's cool. Work on your box, and I and I tell them I say yo. If you ever see the workout, you know the dancers do the stretches. I'm like, this is it's real. This this ain't no little, <clears throat> this ain't no little light work. You know what I mean? And they used to look at me like, oh shoot, he actually dances. And but but the thing is, again, not to uh, I'm kind of jump. Anyways, so the 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 way I've been doing it is I work in a school and I've I'm using it now. I'm, like I said, I've been working with this specific group um, this year. Um, and pretty much, yeah, like. It's 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 one of those things where I had to stop being scared. <clears throat> I had to trust in my purpose, and then, like I said, you know, if you want to say my ambition, I've I've felt like I've been tasked with this for so many years. I was doing it in different ways, but I kept on kind of, <clears throat> you know, doubting myself, and um, yeah, I just had to to really yeah, officially we, step we, out we on as, it. As uh, black men, we have a tendency of downplaying ourselves, and I was speaking about it yesterday as well. Like we don't trust our dopeness. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so I'm using I like I told I said it in the podcast we recorded uh last night. Um I was like, people may be saying it, but I'm gonna coin the phrase and I'm gonna sell merch that say trust your dopeness mm-hmm. because it's just like we need to understand that we are more powerful than we think we are. Yes. You know what I mean? Um for me, for example, you mentioned about uh young kids being angry. I was a angry dude, man. Mm-hmm. Like when I mean angry, I was ang- and I didn't know why I was angry. Yes, <clears throat> I had no idea. So I met Donna in high school, um, and I was angry. The only thing that would help me with my anger was smoking, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But then that that even that was toxic. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Yes. So oh, I'm gonna smoke and I'm gonna drink my pain away. But when all that the high is gone, I'm still gonna be angry, and I don't even know why. Exactly. So one thing that we need to do in the, in 
in in our community is we need to go to therapy more. Yes. There's nothing wrong with talking to somebody. There isn't. But um like uh even in high school, like you were always dope in high school, man. Like <laughs> Malik was always about Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my grades. I'm gonna do what I gotta do. And me, I'm being a knucklehead. Like, <laughs> uh, what, what you go to school for? You know, what I'm, saying? <laughs> I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut class. But now, <laughs> looking back, I could realize, nah, you you had ambition and you had a mindset of what you wanted to do. And like I said again, I I yeah, commend really. you. Mm-hmm. I commend you, man, for being just dope. And um, I appreciate you being on this podcast. But um, one last question I'm gonna ask. Yes, sir. Is if you were a superhero, <laughs> who would you be? Or if you had a superpower, what would your superpower be? And I, first of all, my favorite superhero is Batman. So okay, okay, like, Bruce Wayne, hands down. Um, and you know, it's funny because my wife always says Batman's not a superhero, and Batman because he doesn't have powers, right? So I'm like, look, let me, let me, let me just stop you right here, okay? And I think the reason why I associate so much with Batman, Batman, in my opinion, he was an underdog. Yes, Bruce Wayne, millions of dollars, cool, cool, cool. But he was an underdog in the sense that, like, he didn't have superpowers. But he had a drive um, and and he had ambition, right? He had a will to say, this is not right and I'm going to change it. And I think for me, Batman just, he represents so many things that I think people can buy into. Um, He he didn't cross a certain line. Like, you know, he... He he had some type of values and principles, but he also was trying to do good. Uh, I think I do love the part that he was a detective, right? Smart dude, you know, yeah. really tried to like break everything down. World's greatest detective, exactly, right? You know, it's just one of the things where I'm like, I think that for me, that's why I associate so much. And like I said, he didn't have any, like he wasn't, he didn't have a bite mark that turned him super. He didn't create something, but you know, I think for me, I just I look at those character traits and I'm just like, yeah, man, I I love Batman growing up. Um, I think his I think his whole series made sense. I think him having a, you know a constant um, fight with himself, whether or not he was really doing good, that's human. I I, yeah, I guess for man. me, I just look for, yeah, I connected with that with that because you, you, you like uh, even though you said it like he fought with himself to see if he was doing good, mm-hmm. and we often do that. Yes, as as men. Yes, it's like uh, are we doing good? Are we are we living up to really? expectations? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And even if we are, because sometimes, like, I, even with myself, sometimes I have to write down exactly what I've accomplished mm. to realize what I've actually done. Because I'm always saying, nah, I need to do more. I need to do more. I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. But when I sit back and look, it's like, man, in your 30s, you've done so much, yo. Yeah. Like, and I, uh, in a previous podcast, I was, uh, I think it was our first interview. I was like, at 28, I didn't have any degrees. Mm, I'm wow. I'm 37 now and I have three degrees. Yep. And I'm thinking about going back for more. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So that drive, ambition. I would say my 30s are the best of my life. You know what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. decade of my life has been the best. Like my my teenage years, I was angry. Mm-hmm. My 20s, I was high as a kite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was like when I hit 28, 29, mm-hmm. it was like, yo, what are you doing? Mm. Why are you not living up to the potential everybody sees in you? Or, and you know what it was? It was fear. Yeah. I was running away from who I could be. Yes. Now I'm trying to, I'm surpassing that and I'm, 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 I want more. But um, 
I believe I'm going to call this podcast School Days <laughs> after the Spike Lee movie. Oh, um, man. So, that's a great whew, that's a great movie. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the podcast, we usually name it after pop culture, pop culture references, but mainly African-American pop culture references. So Dope. this episode is going to be named School Days. Dope. But Malik, we appreciate you for yes. being on the Thank podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you both. You guys and, are doing some uh, amazing things. Thanks, this is thank big. You. We're trying, man. We're trying. This is big. And then, Pat yourself on how... the back. This is big. <laughs> this you. is big. Take the moment. Write this down. Both yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is big. Y'all got kids and y'all sitting there doing podcasts on a Friday night. Because I know yeah, me. Man. I'm yeah. half I'm half asleep. So, Listen. You know, oh, and I commend you both because, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? What? Man, please. That's another thing about these 30s right now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but yes I appreciate y'all um, Even thinking about me But like I said Y'all two definitely deserve To pat yourselves on the back You know I think Sometimes people think too When you have kids And you're married You stop doing things You like to do And that's, that's crazy yeah. That's crazy in itself yeah. That's actually more drive You actually do more You can You actually you could you actually get more get more things accomplished in life when you're married. That's my personal belief. Yo, that, man, you ain't, you ain't I've been winning. Lie. I've been winning. I am a lie, pro. Man. I am you pro got, marriage. I have you been got, winning. Yeah, you got that one person that you just focusing on, right. and she, and she, and you she kids, helps yeah, you. you focus on the kids, and you and then, help her. And then she's help- what? What goals? You both got and, goals. You both driven. Man, getting things cooked? done. <laughs> no but um yeah like we said uh we and en- we enjoy you being on this podcast